Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. Here at How to Money, we're always encouraging listeners to think about some of the different ways they can earn some money on the side to reach their financial goals. And guess what? While you're away, your home could also earn extra income. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. Yeah, hosting is a lot easier than you might think, and you don't need to Airbnb a whole house. You can just host your extra spare room. So consider becoming an Airbnb host, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Joel, my best buddy. How's it going, man? I'm fantastic, bud. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. We have an episode here that we actually released somewhat recently, but we felt that it was really pertinent for us to re-release this one, given the current situation, given the the current state of affairs. Yeah, interest rates have been plummeting again on mortgages. And so, yeah, for a lot of people, refinancing makes a whole lot of sense. It seems to be making sense for more and more people as rates go down. And they're basically at historic lows right now. But also, there are a lot of things to consider before you take the plunge and you go into doing a refinance. That's kind of what we covered in this episode. Everything that you need to think about before you actually pull the trigger and end up doing it. Yeah, one of those things to consider is the fact that it costs some money to refinance, right? And I know it's kind of hard for folks to think through something that's going to cost them more money in these tough times, right? Maybe to give a, a sports analogy, a lot of people are thinking defensively. They're not thinking about ways to get ahead financially and set themselves up to be in a better financial position. Most folks are, are just trying to keep their head above the water. They're trying to stay afloat. And so I know it can be a challenge for folks to, to think about the situation that we're in in a way that could benefit them. And that's why we want more folks to, to consider 
you know, whether or not they should refinance their home or not. Yeah, refinancing is a long-term play typically, right? Because there are closing costs involved in doing a refinance. And Matt, I just recently refinanced three properties in one day. <laughs> so, well, dang, dude. Yeah. Oh, so that's what you did with your stimulus check. <laughs> you said you weren't sure what you're going to do with it. I got my bike <laughs> and you refinanced some properties. Refinanced some properties. Yeah. Nerd. So, yeah, I kind of went... Such a money nerd. Right. And in this episode, <laughs> which you'll hear in just a second, we talk about the different ways to approach it and how actually lowering your term, lowering your mortgage term can be a huge benefit to you over time and just paying way less interest overall. And so Matt, with two of my rental properties, I lowered the term. I went into 15-year mortgages on those properties that cut my interest rate by a huge amount. Because if I had just tried to refi into another 30-year, it probably wouldn't have made sense. And then on my primary residence, I went into another 30-year and I pulled cash out. And that money I'm going to use to invest in real estate some more. So in particular, I want to build an accessory dwelling unit in my backyard. I think we've talked about that since like episode two or three. <laughs> like <laughs> I just haven't done it. Well, episode, yeah. When we talked about it way back then, it was Airbnb and it was an Airstream for you specifically. Right. But since then, you know that you're not going to do Airbnb and it's probably going to be something a little more permanent, not... A portable trailer uh, that happens to look awesome and is made of stainless steel. Right, right. <laughs> I still love Airstreams, but you know, I don't think that's in the cards for right now. So yeah, a little more of a permanent dwelling. And I pulled enough cash out that I could basically do that with cash, which is really incredible. And then that ADU is just going to you know provide cash flow throughout the years. And so yeah, I'm excited about that. But the weirdest thing, Matt, about the closing, well, one, doing three at once, never done that, only done one ever in a day. But also right now, closings for real estate, I had to sit in my car and the lawyer would come out with a massive stack of papers. Dude, that shut up. Attached to a clipboard. I'm telling you. It's, that is wild. It was surreal. So they come out with that. It's those, like you're at a Sonic or something like that. <laughs> exactly. You can like order food at your car except for it's like here, I'll, here's your legal binder. <laughs> Do I get a cherry limeade at the same time? No, I didn't. Oh, that would be baller. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was really weird to kind of do a closing in that way. That's Usually surreal. They're telling you about every single form that you're signing and passing yeah, it to you. You're normally sitting at a giant conference table and they're pointing out where you need to sign, you know, explain to you what these forms are, highlighting things, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it was much quicker than yeah, normal closing I and I signed it in my car. So yeah, if you do end up going through with this, that, that might be the proto protocol for uh, the foreseeable future for closings. But um, yeah, there's so much that we cover in this episode. And I think as rates are low and people are seeing more and more articles that kind of uh, hint or yell at you saying that you should be refinancing now. Well, maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't. There are a lot of factors to consider, but you know what? We'll get into all of that right here, right now. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we are asking the question, to refi or not to refi? To refi or to not refi? That is the question. <laughs> I also had a, a Hamlet-esque skull in my hand when I yeah. asked that and a, a candle that was no longer lit in your other hand. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Man, I saw a recent report that on average for folks who can refinance their home, that each individual could save about $270 a month, totaling $1.6 billion, which is a huge amount of money. 
So we're going to talk about if you should be refinancing your home and we're going to talk about how to do that on this episode. Yeah. And there are some good rules of thumb, I think, that we'll be able to offer folks, but but it's also very specific. And we're going to get into some of those specifics. But like you said, Matt, a lot of people could save a lot of money. And a lot of people either have heard or seen an article refinancing, like everyone's doing it right now. And yes, you should feel the peer pressure to at least consider it. Even if you don't have a home, consider refinancing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to sell you that hard. No, but refinancing is a good idea for a lot of folks. And if you're one of those folks that can save a ton of money every month by by doing a refi, I mean, that's big news. Sure is, man. But uh, before we kick things off, I wanted to talk about going green or that zero waste lifestyle that you might see kind of cropping up here and there. I'd say what you do one search for anything now on the internet. And then before you know it, you're getting fed all these different ads, specifically for me, Instagram. Anytime I Google anything, three seconds later, there's an ad for that very thing or a competing company popping up in my Instagram feed. And it is crazy. So evidently, I searched something that made the algorithms think that I want to spend a bunch of money on these zero waste products because I'm getting fed things like these uh, beeswax wraps. Have you seen these? No, I'm not. They're, I mean, it's cloth and it's like infused with wax and instead of uh, using Tupperware, like you use that. You go to the butcher and you put your raw meat in this fabric and you take it home. And then you wash it when you take the meat out of it, like that kind of stuff. Okay. I, see, I actually just reuse plastic Ziploc bags. Yes. Well, that's, I think that's the real answer. That's why I want to talk about this is because so much of those products, it's just marketing and it's consumption driven. It's, it's so ironic that we're being fed these advertisements to buy these things that will miraculously allow us to become less wasteful when in fact, that's sort of the epitome of waste, right? Purchasing something that you don't really need because you already have some products that can actually provide that utility that you are truly needing. And I'm not saying that I'm immune to this either, right? Like I get sucked into the advertisements. Like I see the cool stainless steel straw, the drinking straw, and I kind of want that because I see it, it looks awesome. It looks like something I could keep in my pocket and I like putting cool metallic things in my pocket, you know? <laughs> like one of those, I might be turning into one of those everyday carry guys. You know, I got like my little pocket knife. Like what else can I fit in my pockets that, I'm, that might come in handy? Well, if you get some cargo shorts, then you can fit even more. <laughs> or a cargo kilt. <laughs> but I think a good challenge is to, instead of looking at the different products out there that will allow us to become something that we aspire to be, in this case, like look at our actual waste, like look in the trash can, what's going in the trash. And by identifying those things, I think we can find ways that would allow us to become less wasteful. And not to mention on top of that, the things I think that oftentimes have a lot of packaging tend to cost more because they're the sort of like one-time use things or they're the convenience foods or products. And in reality, we could probably do with less of those products altogether. Yeah, Matt, and we talked with someone who's kind of an expert in this field back in episode number 72. We brought Katie Walk Stanley on and she goes by the moniker on the internet, the non-consumer advocate. And the title of that episode was Stop Buying New Stuff. And Katie is, is concerned with how we treat the earth and the things we waste and the money that we waste at the same time. And I think she would completely agree that buying new things in an attempt at becoming greener is just not the way to go about it. Really, the clutch move, the biggest thing that we could all do as human beings is to stop buying new stuff and focus instead on filling our homes, our apartments, wherever we live with used items, whether that's clothing, furniture, the car we drive. If we can prioritize buying used and holding onto those things longer, that's the biggest dent we can make in a culture that attempts to spur us on towards more and more consumption. And so, yeah, I agree. Don't buy into the advertisements. Don't think that you're becoming more green by buying more things, shifting our mindset of what it takes to be a greener individual in this society. I mean, that's, that's the key. 
Yeah, yeah, that's so true, man. That's that's a great challenge for us, something that we can implement in our lives. I guess, you know, you just see so many things in our world that oftentimes seem silly. And sometimes when you actually see it for what it is, it can kind of be jarring almost, right? Like I'm thinking specifically too of like the fancy water bottles. I'm not going to name any of the name brand ones out there, but they're really expensive, like the insulated, you know, bigger water bottles. And again, there's nothing wrong with getting one of those water bottles if you're going to use it. And so literally there's a hole in it, right? But if you're getting one of those because you don't want your plastic bottles to end up in a landfill, but in reality, you're buying a new one of those water bottles maybe every six months, right? Like you're getting the new latest and greatest color, or there's a new model that actually does this. I think it's just important for us to realize that we're being marketed to and that we're being sold these products that are A, not making us any happier, B, that they're costing us a lot of money, and and C, in reality, they may not be helping with waste and pollution. Yeah. As you brought this up, it kind of made me think about energy efficiency too. And so let's say new TVs or new refrigerators use a whole lot less energy than their predecessors of 10 years ago. That's great. And if you're one of those folks that needs a new refrigerator soon or a new TV, that's going to save you every month on your energy bills. But just because that new TV uses 50% less energy than the one you currently have, that certainly doesn't mean you should go to your local Best Buy or go to Amazon, whatever, and buy a new TV right now. That's just faulty logic. And I think the same thing is true for the kind of the green product movement. Some of those things can potentially be helpful. So yeah, just like you wouldn't buy a $500 new TV to save $8 a year in electricity, you also shouldn't assume that buying products that are marketed as green and great for the earth are instantly helping you to waste less. Yeah. And Joel, all that to say, I mean, we're not against products that are better for the earth, right? Like we love the earth. We like there to be less waste in the world, but we just want you to be, to be smart about it. And to take it back to our friend, Katie, she has her motto or her slogan, which is use it up, wear it out, make it do or do without. Make sure to keep that in mind. Cool, Matt. All right. Let's mention the beer that we're having on the show today. We're drinking Old Tuffy and it's brewed by New Belgium Brewing out of Colorado. This is a lager beer sent to us by listener Maggie. So Maggie, thanks for sending this one our way. Yeah. And it's worth mentioning, Joel, you said Old Tuffy. This is the mascot for NC State. And she certainly picked a beer that she has a vested interest with because she is actually a professor there at NC State. So I just wanted to mention that you and I have no collegiate ties necessarily to NC State. And we're sure as heck not going to let this beer go to waste. And we're going to enjoy this one and share our thoughts at the end of the episode. Yeah, I have a feeling, though, that they're going to contact us pretty shortly for honorary doctorates or something like that. <laughs> so then we will have ties to the institution. How do you even get one of those, an honorary degree? Do you have to be invited to, to give the speech at the, at the end of the year, the commencement end of the year sort of speech there at graduation? You know, I don't know how you do it. I assume it's similar to the way you get knighted in England. And it's just kind of one of those rare things that happen. But the fact that we feature their beer on our show, I mean, they're totally going to do it for us, I think. Dr. Matt has a nice ring to it. <laughs> Dr. Joel, great to see you today. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, let's get on to the topic at hand. Today, we're asking the question, to refi or not to refi? And basically, we're in a refinance boom right now. Taking advantage of a refi on your house can lower your interest rate and lower your monthly payments. But there are also costs involved in refinancing that can make it prohibitive. And not everyone is a good candidate to refinance. So is it the right move for you? Well, Matt and I, we're going to discuss what you need to consider and how to make sure you're refinancing effectively if you decide to go through with it. Yeah, Joel, to quickly sort of lay the groundwork, right, as to what a refinance is, essentially you're finding a new lender and that new lender, once you move forward with them, they are going to pay off your current 
loan. And then you have a new loan with that new lender and your payments go to them. Hopefully you have a lower interest rate. Oftentimes you're going to have a, a different length of time, right? A different term once that refinance is complete. And so first let's talk about the why. Let's go over some of the sort of overarching guiding principles of why you might want to refinance. And Joel, we kind of touched on this a second ago, but oftentimes folks refinance in order to lower their monthly mortgage payment. So by lowering your rate, you can potentially lower your monthly payments and give yourself a little more financial breathing room, just a little bit more margin in your life. But that being said, that is not our favorite reason to actually refinance. Yeah, the best reason to consider doing a refinance on your house is to save money on overall interest paid over the life of your loan. This is the even more important reason to consider a refi. It's going to have a bigger overall impact on your finances. Yeah, Joe, both of those are good reasons, right, to refinance. But the idea of sort of stepping back and looking at the total cost, the total amount that you're going to pay for financing your home, the idea there is to be able to step back a little bit and to not just focus on making payments, not just seeing how much house you can afford month to month. It's essentially more of a holistic sort of bird's eye view of your overall finances. Yeah, I mean, just like we would recommend when someone's buying a car. Well, you don't want to finance it over seven years. Sure, it's going to give you a lower monthly payment, but that's not the biggest thing you want to take into consideration. In the United States of America, we've kind of become payment buyers. And if we're only considering the actual outgoing number every month and not that holistic overall picture, it's going to lead us to make some poor decisions. So just like with buying that car, you don't want to refinance your house just to get a lower monthly payment, although that could be a nice side benefit. And Joel, you know what? To refinance, it costs money, right? It costs a lot of money. Because it does cost so much, there are a number of things that you want to consider. One of the things you want to consider is how long you'll actually own that home. If you think you might only be there for another, say, year or two, it's probably a bad idea for you. It's not going to make a whole lot of sense because you'll never make up that money that you spent on those closing costs in the amount of money that you're going to be able to save every single month. But then maybe on the other end of the spectrum, let's say you're going to be there for, like, say, at least 10 years. Well, for you it's likely going to be a pretty good move, right? It's, it's not a matter of if you'll be able to earn that money back, but just when. Yeah, a good rule of thumb is a 30-month rule. So if you run the numbers and you will break even, and because of the savings of your new loan and lower interest rate, you'll break even versus the cost you incurred in order to make this refi happen, well, then likely it's a good idea for you to do the refi. It's so incredibly rare for someone to stay in their house for an entire 30-year mortgage term, right? That, that almost never happens. And so really, it comes down to how long you're planning on being in the house. Obviously, things can happen and life doesn't always work out the way we think it's going to. But it's important for you to assess, how long do I think I will be in this home? And if you think you'll be in the home for quite a while and the math works out in regard to that 30-month break-even point, well, then refinancing can make a whole lot of sense. So next, we're going to cover some of the specific considerations that you want to keep in mind as you are deciding whether or not you should refinance. We're going to get to those right after the break. Joel, I think there are a lot of folks who start small businesses and they're surprised at the amount of behind the scenes, the admin type work that they're not all that thrilled about getting your books together with, uh, with some final figures so that you can file your corporate taxes, for instance. That's something we've been in the middle of but it can really gum up the gears, potentially keeping you from doing the work you love. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,000, 25, and 1. That's right. Yeah, 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 
25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. There's a lot of power in the simplification of having all that information in one place. Helps you make better decisions. That's right. And right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash howtomoney. That's netsuite.com slash howtomoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash howtomoney. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty? When it can be earning extra income on your behalf, it's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, folks, it's Matt. I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day, and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorites so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented, bubbly probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice, and it's super thirst-quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy, and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon, I'll have some. It's super easy, and it's affordable, too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. A big part of being a responsible adult is taking care of the things you care about. For instance, my bike that I ride in to work on. I keep the tires pumped. I keep the chain greased. Gone are the days of leaving your bike out in the rain for weeks at a time, like a kid. (laughs) Simply put, the things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. And making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust & Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash howtomoney for 10% off plus free document shipping. As the primary breadwinner for our family, I've taken the steps to ensure that Kate and the kids that they're going to be taken care of if something terrible happens to me. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs. Their simple step-by-step process guides you from start to finish with ease. So get the peace of mind you deserve by creating your estate plan with Trust & Will. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust & Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. All right, Matt, we're going to get to 
some of those specific factors that are really helpful as you are working through whether or not you should be refinancing. And honestly, it's a question on so many people's minds because mortgage rates are near all-time lows again, and they've really plummeted over the last year. And I feel like as we're asking ourselves this question, should we be refinancing? This is an instance where analysis paralysis can keep you from taking advantage of uber low rates. The bottom line is that nobody knows where rates are going, but they're currently incredibly low. So right now is a specific time where a lot of people should be considering refinancing. So is now the right time? Well, it could be. And Matt, let's talk about the specific factors that will help you determine whether or not it's the right time for you. Yeah, man. Well, first I wanted to address if someone is listening to this episode and they happen to be listening, say six months later, and you're thinking, dang it, like I totally missed the train on refinancing. Well, there's two things that you can do. First, you can look at a graph and you can see where rates currently are as you are listening to this episode. And you can probably zoom out a little bit and look at the past couple of years and see rates are still historically low. You know, we are still in a great spot. Yeah, uh, even if they're not the lowest they've ever been. Exactly. They could still be really good. Yeah. And secondly, we would recommend that you look at the mortgage rate that you currently have right now, because it doesn't really matter if rates were historically low and you kind of missed that boat. If the current market rates are significantly lower than the rate that you currently have, then you should still really consider a refinance. You're going to want to dig a little bit deeper specifically into your own finances. All right. So let's talk about those specific things, Matt, that people should be considering before they decide to actually get going and make a refi happen. Even though mortgage rates are insanely low, that doesn't mean that it's a no-brainer for you to refinance. Before you actually do it, here are the main factors you need to consider to know whether you're a good candidate or not. The first thing is to know your credit score. To qualify for the lowest of mortgage rates, you're going to need a really solid credit score. And that means typically in the range of 720 to 740. If you're above 720, in all likelihood with most lenders, you're going to get the best rate that they offer. Some lenders might have a threshold of 740. But if you're in that range, you know that you'll be able to get a really good rate. And if you don't know what your credit score is, well, we've talked about multiple resources for you to go check that out. Your current credit card company might offer that every month. If not, creditscorecard.com is a great tool. And so is Credit Karma. Basically, if refinancing is on your radar, you need to know your credit score because that is going to have a huge impact on whether or not it's going to make sense for you. Yeah, Joel, the, you know, the size of that impact is going to depend on a lot of different things. But for instance, it, let's just say you had a 100 point drop in your credit score from 740, maybe down to 640. That score is going to cost you anywhere between like 60 and 80 bucks a month on a median home in the US. And that doesn't sound like much, right? You think 60 bucks, that's not that big of a deal. But over the course of the loan, that's over $25,000 that you're going to be paying just for having a credit score that got busted up a little bit before you refinanced. All right. Another factor that you want to keep in mind when you are considering if you're a good candidate for a refinance, or if your house actually is a good candidate to be refinanced, right, is equity. And real quick, equity is just the market value of your home, less the amount that you owe on it. And if you have less than 20% equity in your home, a conventional loan refinance is likely not going to be possible for you. And so if you don't have enough equity, bringing cash to the closing table can actually help you to get a conventional loan. Well, it's not impossible, but you're going to be paying private mortgage insurance, right? PMI, which is a P-I-T-A. <laughs> so many abbreviations on this episode, right? <laughs> so keep in mind though, that if you don't have enough equity, you can bring cash to the closing table and that can help you to get a conventional loan at a great rate without PMI. Another, but maybe similar scenario is if the, the value of your home has gone up since you purchased it. Well, guess what? If you didn't have enough equity initially when you purchased it, but the value of your home has gone up, well, in that case, you don't have to come to the table with additional funds. 
All right, another thing you're going to need to know in advance of pulling the trigger on a refinance is your DTI ratio, that's debt to income. Knowing your debt to income ratio is a crucial factor in qualifying for a loan. Lenders aren't gonna look at you if you have a debt to income ratio of more than 43%. And your debt to income ratio, you can find that out by dividing your monthly debt payments by your gross monthly income. That number is the way that lenders measure your ability to be able to repay your loan. So the lower your debt to income ratio is, the more favorable you look, which means they're happy to lend you money. Yeah, you know, calculating your debt to income ratio, that's not tricky math, right? You're just kind of making a calculation. But you do want to make sure that you are getting accurate numbers in there. And so when you are calculating your debt payments, you want to calculate everything. We're talking student loans, credit card debt, uh, car payment, any debt that you owe, any payment that you have, that needs to go into your total debt number in order for you to get an accurate debt to income ratio. All right, Matt, now let's get into some of the specific good reasons to refinance. We talked about the big picture that it's helpful to lower your monthly payments it's even more helpful to save in overall interest paid over the years. But additionally, let's say you're in an ARM, an adjustable rate mortgage. Well, considering we just talked about the fact that we're at historic low rates, the likelihood of your interest rate going up on your adjustable rate mortgage is decently high because as rates fluctuate, ultimately over the years, they are barring something catastrophic going to rise. So getting out of an arm, getting out of an adjustable rate mortgage and into a fixed term makes a whole lot of sense for a lot of folks, especially if you're going to be in the house for quite a while. All right. Another good potential reason to get a refi is if you can knock out some PMI. If you're able to get rid of private mortgage insurance while at the same time securing a lower rate, so that would end up saving you you know, twofold in the long run, then you definitely want to consider PMI. On a typical $200,000 home, you could be paying anywhere between 100 to 200 bucks a month in PMI until you get enough equity in the home to where you no longer have to pay that. Yeah, Matt, your lender has to stop charging you for PMI once you hit a 78% loan to value ratio. But that is based on the initial appraisal price of the home. And if your home has gone up in value a good bit, you could still be waiting a long time for PMI to naturally drop off so that you're not charged for it anymore. And, and that can be $150, $200 a month. And by refinancing, getting a lower rate and knocking out PMI at the same time, that can save you hundreds of dollars every month while paying less interest over the life of the loan. That can be just a win-win for folks in a PMI situation where they have seen a good bit of equity growth. You know, refinancing your home to knock out PMI, refinancing your home to get out of an arm, those are both great reasons to refinance. Now let's talk about a reason that might be a good reason to refinance, and that is if you're gonna do a cash out refi. That is when you basically refinance, but you remove equity from the home. Yeah, it's basically like saying, give me some cash in my palm while I'm doing this refi. So I'll take that lower interest rate and some cash in my pocket at the same time. Yep. Like we said, that might be a good idea, but you will pay a higher rate. Oftentimes you're going to pay an eighth or a quarter of a point higher if you go with that cash out. And this is only ever going to be a good idea if you're going to use that money in a positive way. So basically, if you're investing it. That could be if you're investing in yourself, right? So like higher education or more traditionally in a, in a rental property or in another business. In any case, you're taking this money and you're looking to grow it more than it would grow if it was just sitting there tied up in your house. I actually did a cash out refi uh, on a property that we owned in order to take that money and we used that as a down payment on another house that we were buying. So we ended up renovating that house. We essentially flipped it, sold it, and man, we made a good bit of money that year. In that specific instance, you know, it was a smart move for us, but you've got to be really, really careful. Honestly, like even looking back, I'm not sure if I would do that again. Yeah, and I'm 
considering doing a cash out refinance right now in order to build the accessory dwelling unit in my backyard. Matt, we've talked about that. So I'm, I'm just kind of in the middle of thinking through, is it a good idea or not? And based on the hard numbers, I think it is for me, I still hesitate at going the cash out refi route. So cash out refis can be a good idea for seasoned investors who know what they're doing. But I would be very, very careful before taking that route. And it's definitely not a good idea to go the cash out refi direction if you're pulling that money out to consume it. If you're planning on taking a vacation or something like that, or buying a boat, <laughs> with, let's say you're doing that. like that, those well, Definitely are, not a boat, right? Like maybe a Tesla, right? Like that sounds like a lot more fun to me than a boat. Well, at least that's going to save you a little on electricity every month, right? But always cash out refis are a total no if you're looking to add to your consumption or inflate your lifestyle by doing so. Okay, so those are some different reasons why folks refi. You know, this is called how to money. So we're going to talk about now how to refinance. We're going to get to that right after the break. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year. So we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned and sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, folks, it's Matt. I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day, and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorites so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented, bubbly probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice, and it's super thirst-quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy, and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon, I'll have some. It's super easy, and it's affordable, too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. And now a word from the show sponsors at Betterment. No matter how hard of a worker you are, you probably like to kick back, relax, and just chill every now and then. But if you're an investor, that's the last thing you want your money to be doing. You want it to be out there working hard and kicking butt. That's exactly what the Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app can help it do. Betterment's automated technology gives you advanced tools that are built to help maximize returns. We're talking tools like diversified, expert-built portfolios of low-cost ETFs. Keeping those expense ratios low is key to seeing your investments compound over the years and decades. A high-yield cash account where your money can earn 11 times the national average. Listeners know that they need to have an emergency fund set aside for those completely unforeseen expenses... A high-yield cash account is the perfect place to park that money in automated investing technology like automated rebalancing. That way, if certain industries are, say, growing like crazy, your portfolio, it stays on track. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. 
Investing involves risk, performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. I got my first life insurance policy almost a decade ago. And hey, I'm still kicking it. I very much hope that trend continues, Matt. And since then, I've actually added coverage via Policy Genius. And if you out there, you're listening and you're worried that this is going to be a massive pain getting life insurance, think again. Policy Genius made it an incredibly easy process. If you have loved ones who rely on you and your income, life insurance is a crucial part of your financial plan. Not only does it provide a financial backstop for your family, it also gives you peace of mind too. Plus, the longer you wait, the more rates go up because life insurance rates typically increase as you get older. So if this is something you've been putting off, it's time to make it happen now. That's right. Yeah. And even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, Matt, we've talked a lot about refinancing, but we haven't really covered how to do it yet. So let's get into that. If you feel like you're a good candidate based on the things that we've covered, the biggest key to saving money when you are refinancing is to shop with multiple lenders. Oftentimes we shop a lot for the home. We go into 15 or 20 homes before we make an offer, but we shop very little for financing. Lots of times people go with the lender that their real estate agent recommends without shopping the market. Online lenders can be a great option. Quicken Loans is a great place to check. Their Rocket Mortgage product has done well in customer satisfaction surveys. Credible has a new online mortgage shopping tool that's really, really good. Costco has a mortgage program that shops rates with multiple lenders. I know you're going to try to find a way to slide Costco in there. <laughs> I always do, man. I go there to buy my favorite Kirkland Signature branded products. And then, you know what? I also shop for mortgages with them. Yeah, I'd like to sign up for that Kirkland Signature Premium Refinance, please. Oh, man. <laughs> if only the company that did your refi was Costco under the Kirkland Signature label, that'd be amazing. Uh, another great place to go when you're looking to refinance is to check local credit unions. Credit unions oftentimes have the lowest overall rates in the market. Another place to go is to contact a mortgage broker who shops rates with a lot of different lenders. Basically, there are a lot of potential good places to go to look for rates. Just don't be one of those people that decides to do a refinance and doesn't shop for the best one for them. Yeah, man. It's all about that due diligence, right? And, and also, don't just look at the headline rates. Like, you Don't just go to the website and see whatever rate that they're advertising on the homepage. You want to factor in all the different costs, uh, and you can see those on your loan estimate to give you sort of that apples-to-apples apples comparison. Lenders are actually required to give you those estimates within three business days after you apply with them. And those costs are going to be on that loan estimate. They're going to be itemized. It's going to be nice. And because you've shopped around, it's going to be really easy for you to compare one of those loan estimates to the two other ones because you're going to have at least three loan estimates there, right? Yeah. Or, right? Maybe, or maybe five <laughs> loan estimates. I, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah, you definitely want to make sure you're getting quotes. You're getting those loan estimates in hand from a lot of different lenders. That's going to be the biggest way you end up saving money in the refi process. And Joel, you know, I think a lot of folks would hear us say that and they're going to freak out because they're going to think, what's going to happen to my credit score? It's going to plummet when I fill out all of those applications. Yeah, all those inquiries, they're going to lower my score in a big way, right? Well, they do a little bit, but not nearly as much if you make those inquiries, if you apply for that refinance within a short period of time, within a week or two. 
all those separate hard pulls against your credit essentially kind of get lumped together as one. So when the time comes and you're shopping for that refi, man, just go about the business of knocking all those out. Because A, you do want a bunch of them to be able to compare. But B, you also want to make sure that you're not damaging your credit. Yeah, Matt. And folks should just know that typical closing costs for a refinance are 2 to 4% of the overall loan value. So it costs a good bit of money to do a refi, which is why we mentioned earlier on in the episode that 30-month break-even point. If you're refinancing your home and your total loan amount is $150,000, well, you can expect like $4,000, $4,500 in, in closing costs. So you want to make sure that it's worth it. Yeah, you know, the loan amount that you're refinancing, like that has a pretty large impact on those closing costs. But there are a lot of different variables to, to keep in mind. And because of that, it makes it difficult to sort of have a rule of thumb. You know, lowering your rate by 1%, like that sounds pretty great. But refinancing still might not be worth it for you. There just are so many different individual factors at play when determining if a refi is the right move for you. Like you've got to look at the bank costs, title costs, there's different third-party costs. Some of those things you can shop for, but others you can't. Just don't be afraid to actually negotiate on some of the different items that you do have control over. Yeah, once you have those loan estimates in hand, you can always go back to a potential lender and ask if there's any wiggle room to pay less. Matt, the last mortgage I got, there was one lender I felt a little more comfortable with, but the overall costs I was going to incur by going with them were more than another lender. So I just showed them my other loan estimate. I asked if they could match it. They did some work and they actually ended up beating it. Nice, man. Yeah. So don't be afraid to negotiate. Don't be afraid to ask the question to see if that lender can do better than their initial offering. Yeah. Negotiating closing costs on a refi, like that is an instance where it is perfectly acceptable to show up at the table. You've got other numbers to compare to you and, and you ask basically, like, can you beat this, right? There's other instances where you shouldn't negotiate. Like the price of your dinner. <laughs> yeah. But this is not one of those. And another tool that can be helpful in this whole process is an online mortgage refi calculator. It can help you analyze the numbers and the costs. You might be going back to that over and over as you consider different loan terms and interest rates. The ultimate sweet spot for refinancing is lowering your rate and lessening your term at the same time. So let's say you originally got a 30-year mortgage. You've been in that home for eight years. You've got 22 years left on it and your interest rate is four and a half. Well, the sweet spot for you is to go into a 15 or 20-year mortgage, lower your interest rate by hopefully over a point, and at the same time, lower your overall remaining years left on that mortgage. Not everybody can hit that sweet spot, but that is an ideal circumstance. So make sure you at least consider lessening your term as part of refinancing. Yeah. And the, you know, the whole idea behind lessening that term, shortening the number of years you have left paying that mortgage, it's not just a numbers game, but there's also that mental and psychological element to it. If you're a total nerd and you're all about the numbers, you might argue that like, no, I want to have a 30-year term and I want to get that rate as low as possible. I'm going to invest that money. And while that might work for some, I think for a lot of other folks, there is going to be a greater benefit from not having a mortgage altogether because they've refinanced to that shorter term. And that's no longer a debt. That's no longer a payment that they have every month that is hanging over their heads. Man, personally, I'm not anywhere close <laughs> to having a mortgage paid off on any of my properties, but I look forward to it knowing that one day that's just one of those huge outgoing payments that I'm no longer going to have to pay just to have that burden lifted off of me. You know what I'm saying? Ah, what a sweet feeling that would be, right? Yeah. Yeah. But by the way, on that mortgage refi calculator, we will link to one of our favorites in the show notes on our website. And also on our website, we're going to have a picture of the beer that we're enjoying right now. Joel, you want to take us back to the beer? Oh, yeah. Nice transition, Matthew. <laughs> okay, yeah. So today on the show, we drank a beer called Old Tuffy by New Belgium Brewing. And that's a beer that New Belgium specifically brewed for NC State. And listener Maggie is a professor there. And so she sent this one our way. Big thanks to Maggie. Dude, I don't always drink lagers, Matt. But when I do, 
I'm going to drink Tuffy Lager. Name that beer commercial that I just stole a line from. <laughs> oh, I know the commercial. I just wasn't going to talk about a, a Mexican-style beer because I, I personally feel that those are pretty terrible. <laughs> There's a couple good ones. Yeah? I like Negro Modelo a lot. That's it's got, a, yeah, a little more flavor going on there. Yeah. But I feel like when it comes to a lager, for me, I what I really enjoy about a lager is that they're so clean and refreshing, right? And specific to this beer, that's what I like so much about it is that it's just really clean. Sometimes with lagers, you can kind of get those off-putting, maybe like some metallic flavors or there's like a skunkiness to it man that was not the case with this one it was so good i feel like in my mind like the essence of beer is a lager you know like if there's one beer that had to be qualified like which one beer exists that you would call pure beer like it's got to be a lager you know yeah i guess when you boil it down the essence of a beer yeah probably is just a super clean crisp refreshing lager yeah yeah and this was that it really was so much better than a macro beer lager i would say it's perfect for an nc state basketball <laughs> or football game perfect for game day right exactly yeah it was like hams have you ever had a hams before yeah i have that's like the old school vintage kind of like an old school one but it's really good it's like a hams but way better <laughs> yes most definitely most definitely yeah so thanks to maggie for sending this one our way it was really enjoyable to drink on the show and, and honestly it's not the style that I gravitate to most often, but it's so nice to have a really good one. And most folks out there that are only drinking Bud or Miller, like they just haven't had a good lager in their life yet. So yeah, they need to check out something like this brewed by a quality craft brewer. Man, we don't drink a lot of lagers, but personally, the more good lagers I drink, I, I also realize that, that I've never really had a great lager in the course of my beer drinking years. And so it's a lot of fun to switch it up. So again, thanks Maggie so much for uh, donating this beer to the show. All right, Matt, let's get to our final thoughts for this episode. When we're talking about why you should consider refinancing, well, the best reason to consider it is to save money in the overall interest that you're going to pay over the life of the loan. If you're going to be able to do that, then there's a good chance refinancing makes a lot of sense for you. But before you really know if you're in a financial position to refinance, there are some individual considerations that you need to take into account. Your credit score. You want to make sure that you've got 720 or higher to get the best rate. And also the amount of equity that you have in your house. You want to make sure that you have at least 20% or more in order to qualify for a solid conventional loan without PMI. Yeah. And don't forget to shop with multiple lenders. You can shop with online lenders, local lenders, even Costco, right? But the key is to apply and get loan estimates from a handful so that you can make the apples to apples comparison and choose the best lender that's going to save you the most money. I guess it doesn't have to be an apples to apples comparison. It can be like a, a logger to logger comparison. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I think that's going to be it for this episode. As always, you can find our show notes up on our website at howtomoney.com. Yeah. And if this is your first episode or you're new to the show, well, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so that you're notified of new episodes when they come out. All right, buddy. Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Hey, it's Matt here for Health Aid Kombucha. This bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst quenching and great for your gut health. Health Aid Kombucha comes in many flavors like Pink Lady Apple, Passion Fruit Tangerine, and Ginger Lemon, which is one of my favorites since it has that extra ginger kick. I'm a big fan, though the kids prefer the, the mango lemonade. It's organic, it's non-GMO, and a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. Just look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. 
I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.